Okay, well, before I get started, I got to let you guys in on a few things that are going through my mind this morning. One, um, we got a lot of really good preaching here at River Life Fellowship, right? Byron's amazing, Marlon's amazing, we have awesome guest speakers, so I'm feeling that bar is a little bit high, so that's been going through my mind as I've been preparing for this week, and you know, I thought to myself, I can guarantee one thing, well, I can't, I can't guarantee if it's going to be any good today, so you've been warned, but it's going to be a lot different than Byron, you know? He classifies himself as kind of the off-road preacher, you know, taking little different trails. I'm probably going to be a little bit more linear, so a little left to right, a little public speaking 101 up here, so be prepared for that. Um, another thing that I want to share is really, this is just opportunity for me to share a little bit of my story and what the Lord's been talking to me. I have not yet arrived. So as I was preparing, I was thinking about Paul talks about in Philippians, how he has, he was sharing with the Philippians and he said, I've not yet arrived. I'm still pushing on, you know, to the Lord. So I don't have it all figured out. That's another disclaimer. So you guys can take that one to the bank this morning also. And finally, before I get started, I want you to let you know that Byron's a cheater. So I'll explain myself a little bit. A couple weeks or months ago, rather, Byron said, hey, Ryan, what do, you, what do you think about maybe preaching someday soon at River Life? I was like, yeah, it'd be great. I've you know, been looking forward to this opportunity for a while and thinking about maybe someday doing this. And so I started immediately pressing into the Lord. All right, Lord, I might have another month or two. Maybe that's enough time to prepare. Uh, started writing down, taking notes, thinking about what the Lord might have me share. And then about two or three weeks ago, Byron started preaching my messages. I texted him at one point. I was like, man, if you don't stop, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to have anything to say. Like week after week after week. And, you know, there was one point I was sitting over here. I think this was like three weeks ago now. I pulled out my notes. I turned, I held them out to Corey. He can be my witness. And I was pointing out words that Byron was saying verbatim. You know, like, are you kidding me? And Corey's like, oh, yeah, he did that to me too. Yeah, he asked me to preach. He started preaching my message. So I figured it out, though. Byron talks about tapping into the supernatural information highway, right? Yeah, totally. He's using it for his benefit. He's like, all right, Lord, I know I asked Ryan, you know, maybe I'll grab some of those things. That's pretty good. Oh, that's good. I'll grab that. Well played, Byron. Well played. So it is kind of funny because we have been talking about identity. Byron's been talking about identity week over week, and that's what the Lord wanted to share my experience with identity and who he is. And, and so I think it's either one of two things, right? Well, maybe three things. Now, Byron's really good at cheating and getting that in. One, two, you know, we're just really ineffective and, and kind of redundant as speakers. So that, I mean, that could be a possibility. Or three, the Lord's trying to say something, right? Like, hey, let's, let's try to pay attention to what's going on here if this is repeating over and over again. But either way, I feel like identity is one of those core kind of foundational messages, right? It'll probably always preach. So that's the good news. I was thinking about that as I was preparing and reminded of a story about Vince Lombardi. I don't know how many of you know who Vince Lombardi is, but he was a coach for the NFL back in the 50s and 60s. He's a Hall of Fame coach. As a matter of fact, if anybody watched the Super Bowl or after coverage and they're holding up that trophy and passing the Super Bowl trophy around, that's the Lombardi trophy. So pretty, pretty significant guy. He was all about fundamentals. So I've heard. I didn't ever meet him. Never played football for him. He was all about the fundamentals, though. And 
I was reminded of this story. I, I looked it up to make sure it was right. 1961 was the year. Training camp had just started. The Packers, Green Bay Packers at the time, had just lost the season prior in what was called then the NFL championship. They didn't have a Super Bowl. So they lost in the NFL championship, and they lost, coincidentally enough, to the Philadelphia Eagles. So here they are getting ready to start this brand new season. Now, these guys are pros, right? They lost, sure, but they lost the biggest game of their professional, you know, genre. So these guys knew what was going on, and they probably didn't have all the trade deals and all the money ball stuff that they have today. And so probably it's likely that, you know, these, I think they said it was 36 players. So a lot of them played both ways back then. 36 players, probably the same 36 players that were there the year prior, right? Vince Lombardi walks into training camp, and he says, gentlemen, this is a football. Ridiculous. Because... Of course they knew what a football was. But I feel like identity is kind of like that, right? Like, okay, it's foundational blocking, tackling. This is my identity. So we're going to dive deeper into that fundamental principle today, if that's okay with you. Okay, I told you I was left to right. Here's the three things I'm going to tell you. And then I'm going to tell you. And then after I'm done telling you, I'm going to tell you what I told you. It's like (laughs) public speaking 101, right? So if you're taking notes, I'm going to talk about a little bit about identity in my life, how Jesus has revealed himself as my identity. This thing that he's done in me and um, setting himself as my vision. And then an opportunity I think that we have as a congregation to recognize and kind of resettle in on those fundamentals as we step into this new season of our life. So there it is. If you want to leave now, you can get a whole day back. That was my message. All right. It starts flashing back to high school, if you would, with me. So I was really tall and really skinny in high school. That might be surprising to you. If you see my son, I don't know if you all know my son, Oliver. He's back at the media booth back there. He's kind of a vision of what I looked like when I was a sophomore in high school. Skinny as a rail, could eat whatever I want. I ate my family under the table. My mom loved taking me to those all-you-can-eat places (laughs) where kids under 12 ate cheaper than everybody else. She's like, eat up. (laughs) And I couldn't put on weight, you know, to save my life. And that's who I was. I grew up on a little farm in Iowa. And, you know, Iowa is kind of known for putting out these big offensive linemen. A lot of offensive linemen in, in the NFL that are from Iowa or wrestlers. If you know wrestling, anything about wrestling, Iowa is like the epicenter of wrestling or used to be. Um, even though I went to Dan Gable's wrestling camp and was coached by him, I really wasn't a very good wrestler. Wasn't really good at football. I barely played sports in high school. I played a little bit, but I wasn't really good. I didn't really excel. But what I did excel at was acting, which might be a surprise to some of you. <laughs> I um, really loved the performing arts, really loved acting. I was fairly good at it, and I loved doing that. But I graduated high school, went to college, and even though I was, I was good at that, I just really didn't know what I wanted to do. Started out in college. Some of you might share that same story. Started going. Went to the University of Iowa, go Hawks, for a semester, and then transferred to a local community college. I don't know, a couple weeks in, I dropped out. It's my second semester. I dropped out of my first year of college. My parents didn't know it. Um, in preparing, I think I've told them since. So <laughs> if they go back and listen to this message online or watch Facebook, I'm going to be in trouble if I forgot. But totally dropped out of college. And I was in this place in my life where I was really struggling with trying to figure out who I was and what I was going to do. Does anybody relate? Anybody been there? Who am I and what am I going to do? 
And foolishly at the time, I thought the two things were connected. So there was one other thing. I was a little bit torn. You know, I thought maybe I could do this acting thing. And as a matter of fact, I, I decided I was going to pack up and move to California. This is a true story. I was, it, I was ready. My friends were like, oh, yeah, do it. Like, I was fairly talented and wanted to go after that. And they recognized that gift in me. And they're like, yeah, you should totally move. So I was getting ready to pack up and move to California. But I was a bit torn because there was another love of my life, so to speak. And that was youth ministry at the time. I was a volunteer youth minister at our at our high school youth group. And this is the youth group I grew up in and Corey grew up in, our, our family did, and kind of facilitated me coming into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ for myself. And now here I was helping other kids. I was really passionate about that. And, but I was ready to move and, you know, again, kind of figure out what I was going to do and, and go after this. Well, there was one night where those two things came to a head. And uh, I was laying in bed and I had this wrestling match with the Lord. And I, afterwards, I kind of thought about a remi- reminded of Jacob's story. You know, Jacob wrestled the, wrestled the Lord and wouldn't let go of him, right, till he got his blessing. And um, I was in this place of wrestling with the Lord. I wasn't, I wasn't looking for a blessing. I was just looking for an answer. <laughs> and I wasn't going to let go of him until I got one. And so here's how the story went. Here's how the conversation went. I said, Lord, I want to be an actor. I want to go into acting. And the Lord said to me, I want you to go into ministry. Lord, I want to go into acting. Well, I want, I want you to go into ministry. I, I know it doesn't sound like a wrestling match, but this went on for hours. I was, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. That's all we said to each other for hours, back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. I was in tears. I was so frustrated. And then finally I gave up. I'm like, Lord, what? I don't know enough about myself to be making these kind of decisions. So put me in a place, you know, where I can know more about you so I can know more about myself. I give up. I'm not going to try to make these decisions. Don't even know about myself. Don't know enough about you. Put me in a place where I can learn more about you. It was crazy to me because, like, until recently, I didn't realize the significance of what actually happened. Who in the world would connect? I want to be an actor. I want to be a ministry with. I don't know enough about you, Lord. Like, that doesn't necessarily, you know, naturally connect. Does that make sense? So somehow the Lord kind of supernaturally planted that seed I gave up. I said, all right, Lord, forget about it. Put me in a place where I can learn more about you. About two weeks later, my older brother calls me. He calls me from Charlotte, North Carolina. Maybe you guys have heard of it. From a, a church he was working out at the time for, Hill Presbyterian. And he said, hey, Ryan, why don't you come down here this summer? We need an intern. We're looking for a children's and a youth ministry intern. I'm like, perfect. Get out of Iowa City. Figure out, try to figure out what's going on in my life. I'll go spend a summer there. It'll be fun. So it wasn't immediate because I'm not that sharp. But a little bit later, I was like, wait, God's answered my prayers. He's going to put me in a place where I can learn more about him. Right? Not saying that you have to move to get that, but that was the Lord's answer for me. So I was like, oh, gosh, this is the Lord. I'm all in. So that kind of kicked off this journey that I had. Byron's been referencing this conversation that Jesus had with the disciples the last few weeks. I'm going to ask Oliver to put it up there. It's out of Matthew. You guys probably know it by heart now, Matthew 16, 13 through 19. And if you remember, Jesus is there. He asks his disciples, who do you say I am? They say, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some others say Jeremiah. And and he says, yeah, but who do you say I am? And Peter responds, right? You guys remember this story? Peter responds, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. 
And then Jesus says, yeah, you're right. These things will be revealed to you. And this is the part I want to focus on. And I also say, sorry, let me back. Yes. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I'll build my church. The gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Right? So here's the first step. I'm going to break this into three steps that I'm thinking about today. One, Jesus first says, who do you say I am? And there's that invitation. Byron's been talking about this a lot, so I'm not going to unpack it fully, but right, that invitation for us to answer who is Jesus to us. And that was my story. That was that night I was wrestling with the Lord. And he got me to this place in Revelation, like Peter, who had to have it revealed to him by the Father, that, hey, you can't figure this stuff out. First, you got to figure out who I am. Isn't that cool? And I think if you haven't yet had that experience where the Lord has revealed to you who he is to you, then I invite you to go after that. The second thing that happens in this is, as Jesus says, yeah, you're right. And then he reveals to Peter his identity. See, he said Simon Barjona, Byron talked about that last week. That was his natural identity, who he was as a human being. And then he goes, you're Peter. He reminds him of the name that he gave him when he first asked Peter to follow him. You are the rock. You're Peter, the rock. You could put a period there because that's his identity. Now we all have identities in the Lord, right? We're all sons and daughters. And he gives us also these unique little nuggets for us individually. And this is the one he gave to Peter. I say you could put a period there because the next sentence, Jesus reveals Peter's calling. And I'm going to build a church and I'm going to give you the keys, right? And you're going to unlock doors. So that's Peter's calling, but it wasn't who he was. Y'all get what I'm saying? I want to pause there because I think it's really important. Don't mess up or get confused what you do with who you are. They can be maybe similar and connected. Maybe there's a comma in your sentence like Peter's and not a period, but the reality is they're not the same. And man, that messed me up for years. Especially if you've ever been like me and gone through job changes in life or places where you didn't feel like you were succeeding. If you tie yourself up in identity into that and then it starts fading, you're going to be miserable. You know, so we need to really stop and settle in on, hey, you aren't what you do. You are who you are. The Lord's really set me free. I'm actually not going to preach about calling today, about walking out your calling. I think that's a different message. But I wanted to pause there for a moment. Woo. Okay, three steps to success. Ready? I just went through them. See who Jesus is. He reveals your identity first, and then he reveals your calling. Right? It's easy. It's that easy. Rinse and repeat. I mean, right? It happened to Peter right here in a moment. Bam, done. I wish that is how it happened to me. But sadly, that's not my testimony. I'm kind of in the uh, year over year track. If there was a, a track in figuring this stuff out, I don't know if anybody else is in that year over year, not in the moment track like I am, but that's where I am. And I'm still in this place where I'm trying to figure out who he is. I've had a ton of revelation on it over these last 22 years since that night that I wrestled with the Lord, I'm trying to figure out who he is and, and what he wants to do and who he is in me, and, and it's been a journey. 
But the reality is that our journeys don't always really fit into a nice pattern, right? I mean, we have this amazing benefit. We're in 2018. We can go back. We can see the Bible as a whole. We see the whole thing. We can read and reread and got some hermeneutics to break it down and some, you know, Bible commentaries and Greek and Hebrew studies. Like we can f- figure this stuff out because we have that, all those tools in those pictures, right? But I'm like this guy who year after year after year, I just read the same thing. And all of a sudden, 20 years later, I'm like, whoa, did you see that? (laughs) Yeah, I've read it every day for, you know, I finally get it. I don't know if anybody else is like that. So there we are. You know, and I wonder if Peter and the disciples were probably somewhat the same way, right? They didn't get it all in the moment, probably. I mean, they were kind of known for not getting it. Right? But I was thinking Byron was talking, what I think last week Byron was talking about that, um, where they were, Peter took him up on, I'm sorry, Jesus took him up on the rock, on the cliff face, and they were the gate, the cave that went into the underworld. Like literally they're there above the gates of hell. Right? And I was thinking about that and Peter's experience, and I don't, I don't know if he got it or not in the moment, you know? I'm wondering if there was weeks or months later, years later, John! John! The gates of hell. Get it? We were right there. Get it? Those moments of revelation or, I don't know, maybe Peter's in heaven. The gates of heaven right now. Watching Facebook Live, streaming message of Byron. River Life Fellowship on his Android device. And he sees gates of hell. Missed it. Totally missed that one. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I, I don't want to be sacrilegious or blasphemous and anything talking about Facebook live in heaven. I mean, clearly Peter would be watching on an iPhone, not an Android. All right. Clearly, clearly, clearly. All right. But it's taken me years to get through this journey just of the first part, which is who am I? The identity piece. It's taken me years. And I do feel like I have some things worked out. It didn't happen in a moment, you know, but the Lord has solidified things in me that I had no clue about 22 years ago. I'm a son. That's amazing. Literally a son of Abba, this good father. I didn't know what that meant. I have the Holy Spirit living inside of me. What? I mean, I always thought he was just this really sweet, nice voice that I couldn't really hear, but you know, maybe. And I'm a part of the bride of Christ. That's an intimacy thing that'll blow your mind if you start, you know, diving into that one. Especially as a dude. Especially. But I'm not scared of it. But again, those are things that are 22 years. You know, the Lord's been revealing his identity to me. It's a journey, but I think it's the first most important thing to understand. Who are you? Who is Jesus? And who are you in him? right? Before we even mess with the next piece. So the next piece is he launches us into our calling. Well, I already told you, I'm not going to talk about that today. So what am I going to talk about? Are we done? There was this piece that fit itself in between there in my life. So here we are. God's not fitting into this three point plan message that I had, not fitting comfortably into that pretty one, two step, three step. God inserted himself in between there in my life. And I want to tell you a little bit about that. And it was in my pursuit to, before I walked out my calling, to figure out what my calling was, (laughs) right? 
I guess I figured maybe I should figure out what it is before I figure out how to walk it. But that was maybe, oh, well, I'll tell you more about it. That's where I was. Lord, before I start walking out my calling, let me try to figure out what that calling is. This happened to me again, year over year. It's like this pattern in my life. I get really antsy in my life, really unsettled. I don't know if anybody else has felt that way. Really unsettled and really feeling like, gosh, I don't know what I'm doing. Lord, what am I supposed to be doing? Trying to figure out my life. My wife gets so tired of this. I'm not kidding. I imagine she can set her watch by it. She might have like a calendar at home where she's like, oh, yeah, of course Ryan's been there. It's been 18 months. Here he is again. Back to figuring out what his life is. You know, but the reality is I have, I felt like these moments where I just get kind of like, I don't know if you guys have felt this, like dried up, kind of feeling like my heart is sad. I don't know what to do, feeling like I'm losing motivation, feeling like, gosh, Lord, if you would just reveal to me what it is you want me to be doing, I'd be really happy. Anybody? No? Okay. (laughs) So then about 10 years ago, so I've been on a journey for a while with the Lord, about 10 years ago, this Bible verse, another moment where this Bible verse just jumped off the page at me. It's Proverbs 29, 18. I don't remember. I didn't remember what the verse is for the record. I had to look it up. But uh, the verse goes like this. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. That was it. No wonder I'm perishing. I felt like I was perishing. I must not have a vision. Right? That's the first part of this message. The Bible verse was that, I knew it. I was like, that's the answer, Lord. All right, done. We can figure this out. Lord, what's your vision for me? You know? And I was going to a good King James Version reading. I don't know if you noticed that. I was at a church at the time that was King James. So that's where I was. And, and I was like, okay, Lord, let's go after this. And he told me the answer. Do you want, you want to know the answer? He said, I'm your vision. Brilliant. And terrible. And really vague. And, you know, how do you do that? What does that mean? (laughs) I mean, I'm a pretty practical guy. I mentioned I'm kind of left to right. Uh, I had no idea what to do with a word like that. What do you mean, Lord, I'm your vision? (laughs) How do I apply that in my personal life? And there I was, the same place I was 10 years before that. All right, I guess I better figure out more about you. (laughs) You know, it's funny how the Lord does that in my life. So what's happened over the course of the last years up to today, frankly, is the Lord keeps taking me back to that same place. I told you before, Mary's tired of it. I keep finding myself back there in that place where I'm like, Lord, what am I doing? What are you doing with my life? And he's like, I'm your vision. And then a couple years go by and I think I got to figure it out. You know, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm, you know, I've grown, I'm matured. I got some things. The Lord's doing awesome. I'm, I'm really excited. I'm excited about the things he's doing in my life. I'm getting encouraged. Things are happening. And then I get back to that place. I'm like, oh, okay, Lord. I feel like something's different. And, and what are you doing? And I know I've had like at least 18 months to figure some of this. Who are you, my vision? Like, what's my vision, Lord? What's your vision for me? Jesus. <laughs> he shortened it. 
He doesn't even say, I am your vision anymore. He just says, Jesus. It's like he's tired of the conversation. Over and over and over again. So it's crazy to me. I want to digress for a minute. I don't know if you know by looking at me, but I'd consider myself a runner. Now, I'm no Will Gelling. I'm not setting any records or winning any Spartan races. But I do run pretty frequently, I would say. And I've run some races over the course. It's been maybe new, like the last eight years or so, I guess, I've picked this up. And there's two things that kind of I've learned, a ton of things, actually. If you've ever been a runner, it's like you got that many pavement miles and just by yourself. It's amazing the things that go through your head. But two things that I want to focus on today that I learned as a runner. One, Paul in Romans, I think it's Romans 2 or 3, he says, um, don't judge. You who judge does the same thing. Totally true. I used to make fun of runners. I'd, I would like openly mock runners in public. And here I am a runner. So that was it. That's true. So check the box on that one. Totally. <laughs> Dean, Dean said he's going to start mocking millionaires. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> the other thing that I've learned is that if I don't have a goal in mind, I'm not running. I don't know if any of you have been in that place, but if I don't have my mind set on a race, if I'm, if I'm not literally signed up, if I haven't invested dollars in a race, I'm probably not going to run too much. I have to get out there. I've, I mean, I've run long races. I've done a marathon, two half marathons. I've run some long races, and I will literally quit running the day after the race because I'm not signed up for the next one. <laughs> yeah, I need a break. i got to rest my legs a little bit. And then you just don't want to go out the door. You know, in the morning when it's cold or raining or snowing, you just don't want to get out. So if I don't have that next race book, I've gone months without running. And then I have to start over in like a silly couch to 5K program that I've done three times now. (laughs) Which are brilliant, by the way. If you ever want to start running, let me know and I'll help you get it started. But at any rate, yeah, I get back to this place where I just quit. I give up. It talks about running, a little running analogy in the Bible. So, Oliver, can you put Hebrews 12, 1 through 2 up there? I'll read through this. So, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. How do we do this? We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. There it is. You're my vision. Jesus is my vision. He was was right. (laughs) He's been right these whole years. He's been right. Goodness, should have taken that to the bank. You see that? It's interesting, before when we were standing back here, I was helping Oliver get some of the Bible verses set up for the day, or he was asking, I wasn't helping him do anything, let's be honest. He was asking me some questions, and he was doing all the work. Um, Dean walks up and says, oh, yeah. Oliver, can you go back to that Proverbs 19 verse? He said, oh, yeah, it's interesting. You know the back half of this sentence, which I wasn't going to talk about at all today, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Guess who kept the law? Or guess who, I guess, finished the law. Guess who fulfilled the law? Jesus. Jesus did. 
Now, if I'd had that revelation, Dean, 10 years ago, I would have got it right away. Oh, there it is too. Jesus is my vision. Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth his eye on Jesus. I mean, no, I got that one today. (laughs) It's amazing. So flip back over, Oliver, to that Hebrews verse for me. See, we get endurance in life, right? We get endurance in life by setting and keeping our eyes on Jesus. Let's unpack this a little bit. He's the champion. He's already done it. He already won it, right? (laughs) He's a perfect example, and he literally went through hell to save us. That's a person worthy of keeping your eyes on. And this is really cool to me as we look at this moment where it says that Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith, those aren't past tense. You know what I mean? He initiates as in he's doing it now. As in there he sits at the right hand of God, still interceding for us, still initiating because we can't even initiate our own faith. And perfecting our faith. See, as a runner, what's your goal? You got a finish line, right? Or you got a route to run. And you could go a lot of different ways to get to that route. But if you're in a race and you go a different direction, you're going to get disqualified pretty quick for not staying on the right track, right? Now, races aren't always point A to B. You're on the closest line, but let's pretend that they are. You know, you also have a goal. You have this race to run. If you get all sidetracked and going in different directions, that's not going to be the most efficient way to get there. If I can stretch and make that analogy, <clears throat> right? So this thing is just unpacking. Set our eyes on Jesus. And it's not a race. It's a leg of life. It's a part of life. Right? So if we could imagine that Jesus is our vision, if we actually got a hold of that, maybe we'd be in a place where we wouldn't give up so easily as we're moving forward in life. You know, if we have our eyes set on Jesus, maybe when things start hurting, which guess what? They're going to, right? There's trials and tribulations. He didn't hide that. It's not a surprise. If you signed up for something else in your Christian journey, I'm sorry. Like, we're in a broken world. And maybe if we have our eyes set on Jesus, when our foot starts hurting us really bad, we keep going because we trained and we prepared and we want to finish this race. You know what I'm saying? So we keep pushing forward. But I don't think it's one race. I think it's legs of a race. Does that make sense? It's race after race after race. The Lord might be calling us through and into and and through. And the other thing that we do is if we have our eyes set on Jesus, we shake off all the stuff that distracts us. It says that in Hebrews, right? We don't get distracted by what's going on over here. I know this is what I'm called to. I know this is what the Lord's doing. And I'm setting my eyes on him. And so I'm not necessarily interested in this. You know, as I'm running, Mary and I ran the... um, 
uh, Cooper River Bridge run down in Charleston, one of our favorite places, you know. We were running, and it was an amazing race. There's 40,000 people stuffed into these, like, corrals to get started. I could barely move. That part wasn't awesome, waiting for a couple hours just sitting there. But then you have this swell of people that are running uh, six, about six miles. And all along the way, there's these bands. They're playing. Oh, man, I fell apart. We hit the Cooper River Bridge right at the base of it, if you're familiar with Charleston. It's this really big bridge, really long bridge. And it's got basically you're running up for about a mile before you start running down again. And right at the base of it, they're playing Chariots of Fire, this band. <laughs> I can do this. You know, that was like a mile into the race, too. So, you know, it was bad. You're hurting that bad. But, you know, these kids are passing out donuts on the side. They got boxes of donuts or, you know, these food trucks. You run by all these restaurants and people are, like, cheering you on, but they're eating brunch, you know. (laughs) You know, in in this race of life, it would be really easy to stop running and say, hey, I want a donut. (laughs) That sounds good. I want to stop for lunch. That sounds much better than running. So I just think about, I'm, 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 you know, the Lord's taken me through this year after year after year after year. You start thinking you might learn something. Yeah, Lord, this is good. I don't want to get distracted by what's, what's going on around me. I want to keep pressing on to what it is that you have for me, even when things get hard and even when get, things get tough, even when things get dark. So the question mark that I have been having recently is why the heck... Do I keep going through this cycle over and over and over again? You think I'd get it. So I'm either in some kind of like, you know, bad Groundhog's Day, Bill Murray movie, waking up every morning. Like, oh, the alarm clock just went off and it's the exact same day as yesterday. I'm just reliving it over and over again. Yes, Lord, you're my vision. You're my vision. I get it. You're my vision. Why do I keep going back through this? By the way, when I was preparing this message last week, I was delayed at the airport. Three hours, I couldn't make church, so I was watching Facebook Live, watching Byron preach, preparing a little bit for today, and Bill Murray literally walked right by me. Yeah. Yeah. Close, closer than me and Marlon. And I was like, <laughs> I blew it. I blew it. I'm a big Cubs fan, and Bill Murray's a big Cubs fan. He was actually, after they won the World Series, he was on Saturday Night Live singing their song, Go Cubs Go. My wife, I was like, I just saw Bill Murray. She's like, did you say Go Cubs Go? I said, no. <laughs> I blew it. I wish I would. I'm pretty quick-witted, but I missed it. So anyway, he was the star in that movie, Groundhog's Day. So that's one option. Maybe I'm just reliving the same thing through my life over and over again. Or maybe I'm just really dense, which really could be a scenario. Like the Lord, you know, have you ever felt like you go through things over and over again because you just didn't get it? So the Lord's like, okay, well, we'll go through that again. Let's take you through another cycle. Another cycle. You'll get there. So I thought maybe my money was on the ladder. My money was on, I'm just dense and I haven't got it yet. Maybe someday I'll get it. But then I started thinking about it more. And this has been recent, like the last couple months as I've been preparing for this message. What if he's really just been helping me to reset? as I've moved from one season to another in my life. You know what I mean? You know, it's not a race. It's legs, it's races that we go through. What if he's just been reminding me of my identity? Okay, who am I? Put me in a place where I can learn more about you, Lord. Yep. 
Who am I? And in that, who are you? Lord, what's my calling? I'm your vision. Before you step out into this next phase, Ryan, I'm your vision. Interesting. I wish I would have thought about that sooner. (laughs) You know, as you're going through these cycles in your life, I wish, like, I wish I took notes back then because I I do like take notes on what the Lord's saying to me or like doing and I'll look back and be like, that was amazing. But I wish I would have on this specific like timeline, I wish I could, I could have spreadsheeted this thing, Buzz. I could have like specific points, what he was saying, what was happening in my life. I wish I would have done it because I bet, I wonder if right right as he was saying that, right after that, he launched me into something new. Dang it. I wish I could go back and look at it. And maybe it wouldn't drive Mary crazy so much because she'd be like, yeah, babe, you're just getting ready to do something new. It's cool. It's good. So I'm putting all this stuff together as I start to prepare. And I'm I'm like, where, Lord, are the dots in this? Because I feel like I'm supposed to talk about my identity and the title of the message that I had for this. Gosh, March of 2016, I have notes about this message. Is Be Thou My Vision. It's like, how does this connect to what we're going through together as a church? And why are we back here in this place of identity again? Right? Because this is something that's pretty circular for us as a congregation too. It's core to who we are. We think the Lord's really deposited a lot of us, us stuff in us as River Life Fellowship about this identity thing that we think the world needs to know. So sometimes it's good just to get back to those things. So here we are back to those things. The Lord's giving me opportunity to preach here, and he's been talking to me about be thou my vision. You're my vision. And then I'm starting to pay attention a little closer these days, (laughs) learning slowly. Byron last week was talking about a time for us to step into a new adventure. Isn't that interesting? That we have an invitation from the Lord that a new adventure is coming for us as a body. He shared that with the elders a few weeks back, and pastors at our leadership retreat as well. And I'm starting to connect the dots. <laughs> you know, so if I put that together, you know, as a church, I think we have this invitation to step into something new that the Lord has for us. And maybe you personally are getting ready to step into a new, you know, this isn't just a corporate message, this is a personal thing. You know, maybe you're a part of this church and also you have something that you feel like the Lord's getting ready to pull you into individually. Or maybe you have a place where you feel like the Lord's pulling you out of something, you know, which means you're coming into something new, but sometimes you got to get pulled out, you know. Or maybe you're not a part of this church, which is awesome. We're glad you're here. And maybe the Lord is also pulling you into something new. So this isn't just a corporate message. But I think back to Coach Lombardi. This is a football, right? It was the beginning of training camp. He had a bunch of seasoned professionals. Y'all have been in this business for a little while of being a Christian, right? He had a bunch of seasoned professionals. He said, this is a football. So I'm really intrigued by that because I think if Jesus is our coach, if Jesus is our life coach, and my hunch on this is right, Instead of starting this new season, training camps at the beginning of a new season, right? 
And start starting this new season, or as part of starting this new season, maybe he's saying, who, who am I? What's your identity in me? I am your vision. Right? Like letting us sit back and resettle on those fundamentals. I hate to keep using, you know, football analogies, but it's like blocking and tackling, right? It's like there's coaches. They just go back to that over and over and over again. And maybe Jesus is saying to us as a congregation and to you individually, hey, I'm getting ready to launch you into something new. But first, before you do that, settle. Settle in who I am. Who am I? Who are you? Who do I say you are? Don't confuse it with what you do. Who are you? And Jesus, help us to set our eyes on you. So then we flash forward. If we can do that, if we could really do that, then we run with a goal in mind, right? When things get tough, which they have been, but they might again get tough. We might go through more tough stuff. We have our eyes on him to help pull us through. We don't get distracted by the things. Guess, y'all, when we live life, stuff comes up. The last race I've been on, the last run that I've been on along the way, I might have picked up some distractions. Picked up some stuff that maybe I didn't need to pick up and it's kind of maybe weighing me down. Settling before you start a new leg of the race is an opportunity for you to shed some of that. Distractions. And to focus on Jesus. As we start our new leg of the race. So I'm really excited about this. I'm super excited. Because I finally figured out I'm not just a year after year after year after year guy. (laughs) Maybe Jesus did this all for a point. And maybe all along it's just been his way. I didn't even know what was going on. I did not even know it. But behind the scenes, he was just resetting me on him. Before I started the next leg of the race. And if we set our eyes on him, our vision. Like the Proverbs 19 or 29 says. We set our eyes on him, then happy is he. Happy is me. Instead of being all frustrated, trying to figure out what God's doing. I'm just like, oh yeah, God, (laughs) you're my vision. I'm just going to rest there before you launch me into what's coming up. Anybody picking it up? That's pretty exciting, isn't it? My computer shut off. I guess I'm done. I do want to release this. I do. I think that was pretty much the end of my notes. I do want to release this because I think it's for us in this time. I think it's for us today, you know as a church, as we launch into this new adventure. So let me do this. If you're ready to launch into a new adventure, I want you to respond to this today. So you can raise your hands or you can stand up or kneel down or whatever you want to do. And I want to release this idea that the Lord wants to launch us into our calling, but first he wants to resettle us in who he is. Do you hear what I'm saying? All right, Lord, you're my vision, Lord. You're my vision, Lord. 
Lord, we're ready to go where you want to take us. But Lord, we don't want to go there without first reminding ourselves of who you are and who we are in you. Lord, right now, I pray that you would reveal yourself, your identity and our identity in you, God. Release it. Release it, Lord. In particular, Father, for those people who have never had that revelation. Lord, that you would unpack for them who they are as a son and a daughter. Lord, that you would whisper in their ear who they are. Give them a word, Lord, like you gave Peter a word. Like you told Peter he was rock. Whisper in our ears who we are. And Lord, if you've already told people in that room today, I pray that you would remind them of it right now. Take them back to that place. It's you, Jesus. It's you, Jesus. And help us to set our eyes on you. Lord, I confess that I have had other visions. Father, that I've set my eyes on other things than you. Lord, and we confess that as a church. But we pray that you would help us to set our eyes on you. To shake off everything else and just set our eyes on you, Father, and you'll give us endurance. You'll help us to make this next leg of the race. You'll help us to get out of where we've been. You'll pull us forward. Even with the sight of you, God, you'll pull us forward. Oh, Jesus, even the sight of your face. So pull us forward, God. You as our vision, Lord. You as our vision as you take us through whatever it is that you want us to do. All the tasks, all the people you want us to talk to, all the things that you have for us. Let us not lose sight of the vision, of the goal, of the finish line for this leg of the race. Lord, settle us in on that. And Father, we pray that you would launch us into our calling. Launch us into this next leg. As River Life Fellowship and as these individuals in this church, Lord, right now. We walk with you, God. We walk with you and we say yes and amen to everything you have for us, Lord. Yes and amen to everything that you have for us, Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, there's really nothing to add um, to what Ryan shared. It, it was awesome. I, um, I felt led to do this when, when Ryan was teaching, and I didn't really see how it tied in, so I wasn't going to, but I really feel led to. Um, Raise your hand if you know the Hebrew word for boy. Jelet. Raise your hand if you know the Hebrew word for girl. Jalda. Raise your hand if you know the Hebrew word for mom. It's Ima. Who said that? Oh, of course. <laughs> Raise your hand if you know the Hebrew word for dad. Abba. Abba. We know the one that's important, don't we? We know the one that's important. Lord, I just bless these people. I thank you so much for my brother Ryan. I thank you that he didn't bring us a canned word. I thank you that he brought us something that was fresh and new. 
The word in the prayer room this morning was new wine and new wineskins. He delivered. <laughs> you delivered. So thank you. And Lord, as we leave this place, let us not talk about the good message that Ryan brought, but let us contemplate all week about who we are because of who you are. Keep that fresh in us all week. Keep it fresh in us until we get the answer. Even if that's months or years, keep it fresh in us until we get the answer. Don't let us let loose as we battle and wrestle with you until we get the answer. We thank you in Jesus' name. I want to ask the ministry's team to come up. And the ministry team can pray for you too. If you've been praying about who you are and you just haven't been able to get the answer, the ministry team will pray with you too. They'll agree with you where two or more are agreeing. And for anybody else and everybody else, just be blessed this week as you go. Amen.